welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in children and family therapy, and I'm also a mother. My mission is to help adults make sense of children's behaviors and invite in curiosity to really see the child that is lying beneath. I have a toolbox full of practical strategies, scripts, and ideas to guide you in sticky and confusing situations with your child. And I really hope that this can become a space where we can think about these things together, bringing in new perspectives so you can really make sense of your child. Every week, I think through a question that one of you has sent in and I offer my psychological understanding, ideas to guide you and bring strategies to life so that you can feel more confident and effective in those difficult parenting moments. As always, I'm going to begin with a small check-in just to bring you to the here and now while you're listening to this podcast. We often get so busy within our days that we just even forget that we're right here in this moment. So all I really want you to do is to place your feet firmly on the floor. If you're already standing or sitting, this should be easy. Just notice how sturdy the ground feels beneath you. Just for a couple of breaths, just notice where you are here and now and how it feels to really have your feet pressing down on earth. Notice how sturdy and grounded you are. And now that you're here, let's begin. Today's question is about choking and ways to bring back safety into the body. Choking is quite common in the early years, far more than in babies. That's because older children tend to run around when eating or try and eat really fast and don't chew food properly. So if choking is an experience that you've had before or perhaps is something that you're afraid of, I think this podcast might be for you and offer you some useful strategies and ideas to bring back safety at mealtimes for you and your child. Hi Marta, this is a question for you about my son who's five years old and recently had a choking incident when we were having a family meal, which was obviously really scary for all of us. And this is something that's really stayed with him. He is asking a lot of questions about choking and dying and we're obviously reassuring him and helping him to know how to avoid choking in the future Um, but he's saying that he doesn't want to go to school because he's afraid of um, what will happen if he chokes if I'm not there. Do you have any guidance on how I can make him feel more secure? Thank you. Witnessing an episode of choking can be really scary for everyone involved. For your child who went through the experience in their body but also for you as a parent who had to jump in and support them. So it's really important before I even offer you some strategies around this, that you have a clear, simple story that you can share and talk about with your child about this event. For many adults, talking about something scary with their child feels really paradoxical. 
Many parents feel that we shouldn't revisit these scary things, that if we just keep offering children reassurance, it will pass and they will feel better over time. The reality is that when something frightening like choking happens, children need a story to be able to process what has happened to them in that moment. And that story needs to be populated with concrete information of what went wrong in the moment and what they could do next time to stop it from happening again. So a little choking story might sound like, on Sunday, you were eating lunch and you weren't chewing properly because you really wanted to go and play on the trampoline. I noticed that you were struggling with your breathing and you tried to signal to me that something was not okay. So I came and I tapped you on your back and your body knew exactly what to do, which was to spit out the bit of food that had got stuck and everything was okay. It was scary for all of us, but you were still able to play on the trampoline and a bit later you had a snack too. Isn't our body amazing that it knows how to keep us safe? This story relies more on your child's body to bring them safety than on the actions that you did. And it's important to think about the words that you're going to use here. Avoiding words like, your lips went blue, or I saw that you were gagging and you couldn't breathe. We want to share with our child a feeling of our bodies as able and confident to keep us safe. Your child was signaling to you that they needed help, and that's what brought you to them. Let that be the story that helps your child make sense of what has happened, and also reinforce the idea of what they could do next. So that might sound a little bit like, when we sit down and we chew our food properly, then our bodies are able to digest food way better, and it makes it much less likely for a little bit of food to get stuck and get in the way. This might be a story that you have to revisit a few times. So one of my suggestions is for you to script it. Write it down, just a few lines of a story that makes sense to you with words that bring concrete understandings of what happened and how your child's body actually kept them safe. After a scary event, it is very normal for children to show signs of what we call avoidance. After a choking event, avoidance may show up at mealtimes when children don't want to eat. Or, like in this question, it may be that your child is avoiding separating from you because they see you as their safe person who will protect them in the eventuality that it happens again. The thing that we need to know about avoidance is that it takes away the opportunity for children to learn that whatever it is that's scaring them the most is not going to happen again. And that if it does... They're going to be resilient and strong and able enough to be okay again. Avoidance is an adaptive, obvious solution, but it does come with problems. The major problem is that avoidance isn't really about avoiding the thing that is scaring your child. So in this case, the choking. Avoidance is about not feeling the discomfort of anxiety in the body. Anxiety is a physiological response that is connected to the fight or flight response and its purpose is to protect us and our body. The problem with anxiety is that it's a terrible predictor of outcome. It's like our internal fire alarm. It's firing off very loudly whenever it perceives a threat. 
The problem is that it often overestimates a threat. So in this case, eating solid food is safe. It's healthy. It's something that we all do. But because of that choking event, anxiety that is sitting in your child's body is telling them not to eat, to not make their body feel that discomfort and fear again. And what happens is that the fear gets associated with food and it gets associated with being away from you. When in fact, both of those things are safe. Your job as an adult is to support them in having these experiences again. The experience of eating solid foods and separating and being away from you whilst regaining a sense of safety in their own bodies. And I'm going to offer you five strategies to support you in doing this with your child. The first strategy is to not feed into avoidance and keep exposing your child to solid and trigger foods. Whatever food your child has choked on, you need to show them that it is safe to eat again. And the best way of doing that is to allow them exposure. So this can, of course, happen at mealtimes. But just having a little bit of solid foods and trigger foods around, available to eat by all of you as a family. But it can also happen outside of mealtimes. So whilst preparing dinner or putting foods away, that your child touches and it becomes more familiar with these foods that were scary to them. This allows the fear to start to shrink. The second strategy is to ensure that family mealtimes have a focus on collection and quality time and not the food that you're eating. So this looks like giving your child a sense of control without forcing, encouraging or asking your child to try the solid food. These strategies are often used by parents as a way of getting their child to experience safety, but they backfire because children tend to pull away more from the foods that you try and force on them. Avoid bribing your child to take one bite of solid food in order to get a dessert or another treat. Often parents use these strategies as a way of getting children to understand that biting and tasting that food is safe but it backfires. When we reward a child for eating something with a special food, it is the special food that gets reinforced and becomes greater and more appealing to a child. The food they've taken a bite of becomes a punishment, something they're more likely to avoid again in the future. So instead, offer your child their meal and say something like, here's your dinner. You don't have to eat it. That is it. Sit down, have a family meal together and allow your child to witness you eating those solid foods and enjoying them as you go. And this is where my third strategy comes in. When your child witnesses you eating, you can label the food, particularly the solid foods, in terms of its sensory appeal. So maybe they're crunchy or maybe it crumbles when I bite it or, oh, this is really soft and tender when I bite into it. Yum. That is it. You don't have to force or try and suggest that they give it a try or give it a little taste. Just leave it. When children witness you eating foods that might be triggering anxiety for them, what it does is bring them reassurance that they must be safe. When children see you eat solid foods or even trigger foods safely without choking, it helps their brain and their body realize that these foods are actually safe. And over time, 
that episode of choking is just going to shrink away. My fourth strategy happens outside of mealtimes and it is an important one to bring safety back into the body. It's about supporting your child to learn a strategy that brings calm into their body outside of mealtimes is the best time to practice so that when a mealtime happens and your child finds anxiety there, they can resort to using the strategy if useful to them. With little ones, I like to think about doing hot chocolate breaths. It's also a really lovely one to practice with your child by making a hot chocolate. So make a hot chocolate for both of you. Maybe add some cream or even some marshmallows. Let them float on top. They're a great little way of supporting your child to develop an understanding of how their breath works. Once you have your lovely cup of hot chocolate with marshmallows on top, ask your child to smell the chocolate for a count of three. One, two, three. Like three small, normal breaths. And then to blow out onto their hot chocolate to cool it down for another count of three. One, two, three. Model this yourself by breathing. And then they can take a little sip of hot chocolate and do it again. Doing this three or four times really helps to regulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps to shrink anxiety. It's a physiological, biological process. It works. It little bit like magic. And for many children, it becomes a really useful tool for them to use when they're starting to get scared in other situations, even outside of mealtimes. Of course, you don't have to make a hot chocolate every single time your child is feeling a little bit of anxiety in their body and they want to bring calm back. You can use your hands cupped together and just blow. But it's a nice one to do with a hot chocolate the first couple of times to really get your child into thinking about their breath and how this works. Another idea if you have a littler one or if hot chocolate is not for you is to blow bubbles. So get a small bubble kit, but instead of blowing and making lots of bubbles, try and challenge your child to make the biggest bubble possible. This bubble breath can really help children to learn how to blow out very slowly. Again, this triggers our parasympathetic nervous system and it brings calm to the body. Try those exercises and then at trigger moments across the day, so maybe a little bit before mealtimes, or just before going to school, or even at bedtime, practice. Help your child develop this relaxation tool and technique. I'm just going to add here that this is not a technique that you need to use in a moment of absolute distress. When you do, you may be using relaxation as a form of avoidance children need to experience a little bit of distress. So that means perhaps at mealtimes, seeing a solid food and saying, I don't wanna eat it. And for you to be able to respond, that's okay, just leave it and hold it. You don't need to say, shall we do some breaths now? That is not the time to bring avoidance into this picture. The calm body happens before the mealtime. We want to bring calm, before a situation escalates. When anxiety shows up, we want to say to anxiety, hey, I see you, that's okay. You're allowed to be here and experience our safety. Allow anxiety to pass, it 
always does. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finally, try and develop some positive self-talk for your child. This could be in the form of a mantra or perhaps as a little story. What are the things that children really need to learn after their body has experienced something frightening like choking? Is that their body knows what it's doing and that they don't need another to support them. So that might sound a bit like, my body knows what to do when I eat. I can chew my food and trust my body to tell me if something is wrong. My body knows how to signal for help. This is something that you can tag along to the end of the story when you have processed the scary moment and it is also something that you can remind them, for example, at the end of a mealtime. When your child isn't choking on any foods, remind them of this. So use it as like positive self-talk, something that they can carry and if your child is able to read, maybe write it down so that they can carry it in their pocket and be reminded of it at times when they need a little bit of reassurance. And the reassurance is about them having confidence in their body, not trusting in an adult or another for protection. Finally, be mindful of praise. As in when your child begins to eat solid foods or those trigger foods that they choked on once, try not to celebrate this. I know this can feel really strange and really hard to do in the moment. And I'm going to explain why this, why this really matters child takes a bite of a food that has brought them anxiety, fear or discomfort in their body and you celebrate it with, yay, you did it. What you're actually doing is adding greater focus to this food that your child has been struggling with. And this acts like a spotlight that says, yes, eating this food is extraordinarily brave. It's amazing that you were able to do that. Food is food and we don't want to bring an association to any foods as being amazing that somebody's courageous enough to eat them or to celebrate eating at all because eating is a human need and we all need to eat to survive. So it's really important that we don't overemphasize this. Keep focusing on positive connection at the table. Talk about your day. Talk about something funny you've seen. Make it enjoyable. You can cheer on the inside and afterwards maybe with another safe adult or your partner. Celebrate it. Your child has got through something great. With your support, they now feel safe in their bodies. But you don't need to cheer them on. Finally, I just want to end on three red flags. Because if your child has had a choking episode, it may be that over time, things don't get better, even with the strategies I've suggested here today. If that is the case, and what you see over a period of six to eight weeks is that your child is losing weight, that their appetite has shrunk, and or that they're not really eating anything other than liquid foods, 
please seek professional support. Go to your GP and ask for help. Your child may benefit from a physical examination just to check that the choking hasn't actually done any physical damage to their throat. And or they may be invited to meet with a speech and language therapist who can just double check their swallow. You may also be invited to meet with somebody like me, a psychologist, perhaps in paediatrics, who is able to think with you about more individualized strategies for the problem that you're going through at the moment. So if you see a deterioration in your child's appetite that seems to persist for longer than a month and or you notice that they're losing weight rapidly, do seek support. These are really important cues that your child is struggling and that getting some assistance may be beneficial. That's the end of Talking Sense for today. Thank you so much for listening in and joining me. I hope you found that useful. If you'd like to join our community, I am Dr. Marta Psychologist on Instagram. And you can also subscribe to my newsletter at drmartapsychologist.com. Please do take a minute to rate, review and give me some feedback on what you've heard today. I like to read every single one of your comments and I really do take your feedback seriously. So thank you for taking the time to do this. As always, I'm going to end with a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the day. Next time you see your child experiencing a fear or some anxiety, I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, my child being scared is okay. I'm not scared of this feeling. I can stay. Don't be afraid of anxiety. It's just a signal and you can see through it and give your child a safe supportive base from which to navigate this tricky situation. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a restful day. Until next time, see you soon.